So let's look and see the purpose of the laws of God. Now, what's the whole purpose of laws? Because Protestants can't stand laws from the Bible. But what do they demand in the society? Law and order. Well, how can you reject the supreme laws of God on one hand and then say you want law and order in the society on the other hand? Doesn't make sense. So let's start with what is the greatest law of all, as one of the scribes asked Jesus. Let's come to Matthew 22. Here's the whole purpose of it. And it's in the New Testament, all you Protestants out there. Now, I don't mean to be sarcastic toward you, but you need to understand that your rejection of the laws of God, as we will see in the, the message today, is sin. So Jesus answered him, and he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now, what does that mean? You have a single-minded purpose to God, right? Right? with all your soul. Now, your soul is all your life, all your being. And by the way, the Greek word for soul is suke, and it's translated life more than it is soul. So, all of those who believe in immortal soul, ha! Huh, the soul that sins shall die. Not immortal. Now, it also says in Revelation 16 that when one of the last seven plagues comes and all the oceans are turned into blood, it says, every soul died. Huh. Animal life was called soul. Okay. Now, for those who still don't want to believe it, it doesn't mean that if you have a wonderful puppy dog that it will make it to heaven with you. All right? <laughs> okay. And with all your mind, because the whole purpose of conversion is your mind, your spirit, and your heart. That's the whole purpose of it, see? Now, notice what he says, because that doesn't end it. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second one is like, like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then he explains a great principle as to why there is law. Okay? On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, if it hangs... That means all the laws and prophets are hanging on the foundation of the love of God. Now, every commandment that God gave, even the execution of violent sin, 
of the one who perpetrated it is based on love. Now, you may not agree with that, but that is true. Now, we're going to see that expressed in another way today. Now, let's come to 1 John, the fifth chapter, and let's see what John wrote about it. 1 John 5 and verse 2. By this standard, you've got to have some standard, okay? We know. So this is something we have to firmly know, understand, and realize. We know. We don't just think. We don't just guess. We don't just suppose. We know. That we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Now, doesn't that tie in with Matthew 22? Loving God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and being, and on these two hang all the law and the prophets? Yes, indeed. Now, notice verse 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Okay. Why? Burdens come from sin. Now, the world doesn't know that. Okay. So, let's look at something here. All right. Let's look at, and we'll entitle this, America, You Are Dying. Now, I gave two segments on this for Church at Home entitled America's Demise. Now, why are we seeing everything becoming unglued and coming apart? Everything. Okay? Just wait till the dollar collapses and you will understand. But let me just give you a little warning. You better be prepared. You better be prepared. Now, it costs too much to try and invest in gold now. But I suggest that you buy a silver dollar as often as you can from whatever coin dealer you can buy it from and store that for when the dollar collapses. You can get the one ounce U.S. dollars, okay? Probably cost you $25, $26 now, all right? But, little sidebar on that. In Venezuela, and we're going to become just like Venezuela, so you might as well prepare for it. There's no way it's going to be turned back. And if it's turned back for a while, that doesn't mean it isn't going to come. That just means there may be a little delay. But in Venezuela, a one-ounce silver coin can feed a family of five for a month. One other thing you need to look to. If you have a 401k or whatever other uh, pension fund that you have, you better make sure that the one who's managed it 
knows how to make money when the stock market collapses. So you need to have a nice conversation with him or her. All right? Enough said. So America is dying. Why? Why is that happening? And why are so many things so mixed up? And people can't even think straight. How did it happen? Okay. Well, let's look at a couple of things that are important. Let's come to Romans, the first chapter, all right? Just a few pages over from 1 John 5. Okay. Romans, the first chapter. Now, since all nations go through the same cycle... Paul writes in Romans 1, what happens? See? Now today we are told that many will be left, will be led into sin. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 24. Okay? And lawlessness shall be multiplied. Do we have lawlessness multiplying today? Huh? Now, if you only watch the mainline news. You're deaf, dumb, and blind. Because their motto is, if we don't report it, it doesn't exist. How lying can you get? All right? So let's come to Romans, the first chapter. Let's pick it up here, beginning in verse 18. Indeed, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Okay? Now, everyone wants the love of God. They don't want the wrath of God, right? Everyone wants to live in their sins and, le- and everything turns out correct. But it will never happen. Just like we want the love of God, we have to know what do we do when the wrath of God comes. Okay. Upon all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Now, how do they suppress the truth and unrighteousness? And at whose doorstep does this lie? Every single evangelist, pastor, priest of supposed Christianity, it lies at their door because that's what they teach. Okay? Now, righteousness. Because, now, if you teach righteousness, if you teach the commandments of God, if you teach the truth of God, you'll come to know God. But if you teach the other and say the Old Testament has been fulfilled and done away and you don't need to read it because it's the Old law. All right? All you Catholics, listen up. Everything in the Catholic Church comes from Babylon. The laws of God are eternal. They're not new. They're not old. They're always here. Just like the law of gravity. Okay? 
was manifest to them. For the invisible things of him are perceived from the creation of the world, being understood by the things that were made. Now, when you really analyze everything that is made, it is a miraculous thing indeed. Everything that God has made, and then coupled to that, all the vastness of the universe. Okay? That's something. You come down to the invisible. And you look at it under a microscope, and it's amazing. Okay? Now, think about this of everything that reproduces itself, male and female. It starts from something the naked eye cannot see. You did, and I did. Yet God says he formed us in the belly of our mothers. Well, that's quite a thing. See? And then you look at everything about all of the animals and everything about the uh, physiognomy and uh, physiology of human beings, and you take any one part of the human body, and it's amazing beyond description. And that starting from a speck of dust, which you can't see, here we are, full-blown adults, okay, with trillions of cells, and every seven years, there's a complete renewal of the cells in your body until you come to the point that you die, all right? Being understood and perceived by the things from the creation of the world, being understood by the things that were made now, both as eternal power and Godhead. All people like to have other gods. Today, it's getting fashionable to worship Satan, belonging to the church of Satan, because it gives you freedom. Hello, Adam and Eve. How did that work for the whole human race? Verse 21, because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but they became vain in their own reasonings and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now then, if you rely on your intellect alone, your foolish heart is going to be darkened. Now you think that over while professing themselves to be the wise ones, who? All the educational system, all the governmental system, right? All of the religious system, all of it. They profess themselves to be wise, right? They change the glory of the incorruptible God into the likeness of, a, of corruptible man and birds and four-footed uh, creatures and creeping things. Okay. Now, what happens to that? Because God is out there and He knows everything. Okay. Hold your place right here and we'll come back. Come to Genesis 5. We need to go there and understand how God works. Okay. And even in the Church of God, because I get reports that even in the Church of God, they are allowing such things as. Harry Potter 
open witchcraft. Okay? Now remember this. Genesis 5 and verse 5. You can remember that, 5-5. Five, five. All right? And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. What did Jesus say it would be like in the end time? As it was in the days of Noah before the flood, right? Okay? So this is up to date. Not only is this a statement of what happened, but it's a prophecy of what happens in the future and continuously happens when people leave God. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. See? Because of this. Now understand this. Your outward actions are the reflection of your inner thoughts. Right? Isn't that true? You have to think it first. You have to believe it whether right or wrong first. God is just not judging the outward behavior of people. He is judging the inward thoughts. Now, how do you suppose God looks at the world today? All right, back to Romans 1. This will tell us. And this will tell us what happens. What does God do when it reaches a certain point? Now, he does this step by step, doesn't do it all at once. But what was the final point that was reached in the days of Noah? The flood. What did it affect? Everything on earth. Right? And he destroyed it. Correct? So anyone who thinks that God doesn't mean business doesn't have a clue, all right? Because here's what happens. Verse 24, Romans, the first chapter. For this cause, read the next phrase, God also abandoned them. Worst thing in the world can ever happen is for people to be on their own without God. Abandon them to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts. Sexual immorality. To disgrace their own bodies between themselves. And if that doesn't describe what they are doing today, and it Let's read it more, okay, so that you understand. Who exchange the truth of God for a lie. Reject the Bible, reject the truth of God, reject the commandments, reject sexual morality. And that always happens, okay? And they worship and serve the created thing more than the one who's creator, who is blessed into the ages, amen, Okay? If they don't learn anything by that, the next abandonment. Let's read it. Okay? Verse 26. For this cause God abandoned them through disgraceful passion. 
for even their women change the natural use of sex into that which is contrary to nature. Okay? Now, they have everything in the world today that women have and use so they don't need a man. I will say no more. But they have had those things down through time as well. And when you corrupt the women, you corrupt the whole society. And in the same manner also, the men, having left the natural use of sex with women, with the woman rather, were inflamed in their lustful passions one toward another, Men with men shamelessly committed lewd acts, receiving back into themselves a fitting penalty for their error. Do we have that today? Yes, indeed. What did Joe Biden sign last week? The so-called Respect of Marriage Act. That means, or Bill, that means homosexual marriage is the law of the land. Now, what is that going to do? Whenever you officially endorse gross sin, it only gets worse. And also, what happens? We'll see, because... I have quite a report we're going to read from here in a little bit. Now, verse 28. In exact proportion as they did not consent to have God in their knowledge. Okay? Think of that. A lot of people don't think they have abandoned God, but they have. Now, what... Joe Biden did, I called, a satanic flip last week, okay? Because now it's the law of the land. And you know what they're going to do? Even though there are supposed safeguards for religious people that don't want to marry them, They'll soon tear that down. Okay. So here's what happens. God abandoned them to reprobate minds, to a reprobate mind. Now, what is a reprobate mind? A reprobate mind is a mind that cannot think correctly and has no truth in it. Okay. Now, we'll see why to practice those things that are immoral. Then we'll read, so, we'll read the rest of this chapter so we get the result of what happens. Now, note this. Mark it down in your notes. Leviticus 19.29. Do not prostitute your daughters, lest the land become full of violence. Huh. Isn't that what we have done? 
Getting rid of Roe versus Wade changed nothing. And how many women voted so they could keep abortion? And what does that say? If you want to keep abortion, whoever you are, female or male, you have murder in your heart. See? Now, how do you think that's going to be with God? But what happens with that? Let's read it. Okay? Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness. Don't we have that today? Don't we have a lot of witches? More witches than the Presbyterian Church had total membership just in America. Okay. Covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, guile, evil dispositions, and whisperers. Don't we have that? Now, that happens to any society that goes against God because God is no respecter of persons. Okay. Slanderers, God haters, and that's what we have. They hate God. How bad is it? There was one woman who stood out in front of an abortion clinic praying, and they arrested her. Now, that happened in the UK. So the UK is further down the slope of destruction than America. But it will happen here. Okay? Slanderers, God-haters, insolent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things. Huh. How about all the drugs? Okay? They just recently made a confiscation of drugs being smuggled into America that would kill all Americans twice. Okay? And guess where that comes? Where does it come from? China! Our number one enemy! Who is what? Bought and paid for a lot of politicians in Washington, D.C., that they better do what China says or they won't be in office very long. And that goes right to the top that Joe Biden, whose every decision he has made has been in favor of the Chinese and not the Americans. So you see the penalty that comes upon the whole nation? Eh? Joe Biden is there because of the sins of the people. Inventors of evil things and practices disobedient to parents, void of understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable and unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who commit such things are worthy of death from a loving God. Because everyone's behavior affects someone else. And you cannot have evil 
accepted in the land and expect to have a good society. All right? Worthy of death, not only practice those things themselves, but also approve of those who commit them. All right? Now, I want to do some reading here from a special report. Now, this is going to be an astounding report, really. And it will open your eyes to understand that even those who don't know God, if they analyze right and wrong, good and evil, they can come to a proper conclusion as to what is right and what is wrong. And this is taken from a report written by anthropologist and Oxford social anthropologist J.D. Unwin, written in 1934. Now, there's a 600-page book of his seven-volume full research. So this is not some little tinker toy study so that you can get whatever you want. This is a complete analysis of all societies. There's a historical analysis. All right? Now, as he heard this being discussed in his, in his philosophy class when he was a student, the writer of this article, Kirk uh, Durston, he says that he thought this, some moral laws may be designed to minimize human suffering and maximize human flourishing long-term. Isn't that what people want? Right? Yes. So, let's see what he found. This is quite interesting. What about effects of sexual constraint? Now, what are they trying to do with sexuality with children today? As I mentioned last week, the last barrier to come down is pedophilia, okay? And if you think the sexual immorality in the Catholic Church was bad, wait until this happens and all the altar boys and altar girls will become free fodder for the pervert priests, okay? Effects of sexual constraint. Here it is. Number one, increased sexual constraint, either pre- or post-nuptial, always leads to increased flourishing of a culture. In other words, it makes it good, makes it strong. Conversely, increased sexual freedom always leads to the collapse of a culture three generations later. Now, we'll look at that in a bit, because that three generations, I'm telling you, we are in the third generation today. Number two, single most influential factor, 
Surprisingly, the data revealed that the single most important correlation with the flourishing of a culture was whether prenuptial chastity was required or not. It had a very significant effect either way. Highest flourishing of culture. This is why God gave all of his laws, all the sexual laws. Read them, Leviticus 18. Read the punishment, Leviticus 20. And today we have every one of those laws broken, endorsed, held up as great things to do. All right? Highest flourishing of culture. The most powerful combination was prenuptial chastity, no sex until marriage. And I can vouch for this because I had not had a woman before marriage and my wife had not had a man before marriage. And I can tell you this, when you come together as husband and wife, you really understand what it means to be one flesh. Okay? And to be loving, and to be nourishing, and to be working together. All that comes together, see? But you can't have it without prenuptial chastity. Coupled with absolute monogamy, that means you're married for life. When you, take, when you take the wedding vows before God and it, you promise unto death do we part. Right? Okay. Well, how much of that do we have today? What is society like today? Just like Romans, the first chapter, and we'll read some of it a little later. Okay. Now, in our case, we were married 56 and a half years. Does that mean we had an absolutely perfect marriage with no ups and no downs and no difficulties and no trials? No. That's part of life. But we stuck together and worked together, and God blessed us in that, in everything that we did, and especially for my wife, because being a minister in the church, I had to do a lot, a lot, a lot of traveling. And she didn't complain once. Okay? And I was faithful to her my whole life. And she was faithful to me, okay? And that can be said of every marriage that follows that same pattern. Number four, effect of abandoning prenuptial chastity. When strict prenuptial chastity was no longer the norm, absolute monogamy, deism, and rational thinking also disappeared within three generations. You want to know why everybody's thinking so crazy today? 
we're in the third generation. And in the study that Unwin did, every society that comes to the third generation and does not repent and change collapses and is conquered by a stronger power. Always happens. Number five, total sexual freedom. If total fraction sexual freedom was embraced by a culture, is that what we have? Yes, indeed. Look at what they're trying to teach all the kids. Look at what they're teaching in schools. How did the schools get the right to bring sex education, which is instructing teenagers and younger children, and they want to bring it down to the kindergarten level, right? Okay. How did the schools get that? Because they have a lot of perverts as teachers. Okay? If total sexual freedom was embraced by a culture, that culture collapsed within three generations to the lowest state of flourishing, which Unwin described as inert or a dead level of conception. It's characterized by people who have little interest in much else other than their own wants and needs. Isn't that what we have today? It's all I want. Give me my drugs. Give me my sex. Let me be on government payroll. I don't care if I live on the street. At this level, the culture is usually conquered or taken over by another culture with greater social energy. Okay? So then he has a section. How does this compare with the culture today? Okay? So he writes this. Thanks to the rationalist generations that preceded them, the first generation of a society setting aside its sexual restraints, can still enjoy its newfound sexual freedom before any significant decline in the culture. That's what happened. When did that occur? Two things occur, quite a few things. Number one, get God out of the schools, get the Bible out of the school, pervert and downgrade the morality of religious leaders. Okay. And then bring in sexual education in the schools. And also have a society where mothers must go out and work and can't be home when the children come home from school. And so guess what happens? And add into that today all of the sexual perversion that can be found on their smartphones. It's all there. But The data shows that this is having your cake and eating a two-phase, phase rather, lasts a maximum of one generation before the decline sets in. Okay? Now, let me read something else. 
This will answer the question of why no one can think properly today. That's why those of us in the churches of God, we better get our thinking aligned with the laws of God, the Spirit of God, the love of God, and we better be faithful and strong because if we don't, we're going to pay the price with the society. Let me read this and we'll take a break. The swiftness with which rational thinking declined after the 1970s is astonishing. In its place arose postmodernism characterized by skepticism, subjectivism, or relativism, a general suspension of reason. But it gets worse. Postmodernism is giving way to post-truth, which means everything is a lie. Are we there? Yes. In the churches, in the government, in the education, in the families, in the individual lives of people, they don't want truth. They want their own lives. Okay? But it gets even worse. Postmodernism gives way to post-truth in direct contrast to rational thinking. A post-truth culture abandons shared objective standards for truth and instead stands on appeals to feelings and emotions and what one wants to believe instead of what is true that you should believe. Okay? People can now identify themselves as something which is flat-out contradictory to science. Changing sex called gender affirmity. Living a lie that is never going to work. Contradict science and rational thinking and in many cases receives the full support and backing of governments and educational systems. Not only do people feel that they have a right to believe what they want, but any challenge to that belief, even if supported by truth and logic, is unacceptable and offensive. You want to know the most unoffensive? the most offensive and unacceptable thing to every Protestant minister and every Protestant and Catholic is that the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week, is the day God commanded to be kept. And you cannot have connection with God unless you keep his day. The church had no power to change it. That is the Catholic Church. Okay? Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll be back.
Now let's continue on with Sabbath services. I'm going to post this report online so you can have the full report and download it. But it's amazing. Unwin, who did this research and did this report, he said this. Unwin makes it clear that he does not know why sexual freedom leads to the decline and collapse of cultures. But he studied it. He documented it. If he had read the word of God, he would have understood. Okay. Now there was another researcher, Mary Eberstadt, and she did some research into mass killings and substantial rise of mental health issues, including depression, the explosion of identity politics into primal scream. Okay, identity politics into primal screen. Isn't that what we have? Yes. If you don't agree with them and their sins and their immorality and their Satanism, you are crazy. And it's due to the loss of identity that once was provided by growing up in long-term immediate family with siblings and a sizable group of cousins, aunts, and uncles, all of which provided identity essential for well-being. Eberstadt shows and documents from various studies this decimation of the family was a direct consequence of the sexual revolution that began in the 20th century. All right. Her research indicates that increased sexual freedom led to decimation of the family, which resulted in the loss of family identity, which produces Eberstadt's primal stream, a massive increase in mental health issues, mass killings, the rise of extreme identity groups at war with each other, all symptoms of a society spiraling into collapse. All right? Let's look at our history, okay? I've taken three generations, beginning with 1960, okay? 1960 was the sexual revolution, okay? And in the 70s, the end thing was wife and husband swapping, okay? There was increased more teaching, of sexual freedom in schools and accepting of it by the public. So the generation I reduced to 25 years because of the mass communication that we have today. When UNRWA did his report in 1934, he had it 33 years. But now we can reduce that down to 25. All right? And 1985 to 2010. What did that see? The increase of acceptance of homosexuality, male and female. Okay. The rejection of God even more, 
the decline of the family even more. And look at all of the mental disease that comes from it. You add on to that, okay, drugs. Now, drugs come to the fore about 2005, okay? So this third generation we're in now is from 2010 to 2035, okay? Now, so we, we have roughly about 12 to 14 years left in that cycle before there is complete collapse. Now, it may be sooner, it may be later. We don't know. Let's look at some other scriptures and see what God says. Let's see how all of this ties in together. Now, let's come to Hosea, the fourth chapter, and let's look at a perfect description, Hosea 4. Now, we've covered this before, but let's look at it from the point of view of what is happening today. And it's interesting how much all of this is increased. Now, human beings are coming to the point they don't want either a father or a mother. They want to have in vitro fertilization in a laboratory to put the newly conceived life into an artificial womb. Now think of the perversity of that. Okay? That's called post-humanism. And as I mentioned in this message last Sabbath about wanting to put a chip in everyone. Okay? Since we are the descendants of modern Israel, let's read it. Hosea 4 and verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Okay. Now, he says in Jeremiah 25, the Lord has a controversy with all nations. So you see how this is going to build up and intensify before the return of Christ. So here's the indictment. Here's what God says. There is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. It's all been taken away by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery. They break out and blood touches blood. Isn't that what happens? Look at it. Look at the news. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone who dwells in it shall languish with the beasts of the field, with the birds of heaven. Yea, the fish of the sea shall also be taken away. Now think of what's going to happen. Remember, with all this trouble going on, you better have a storehouse of food on hand because you don't know what's going to happen. 
And we don't know how it's going to happen, but it will happen. Okay? No man strive, nor reprove another, for your people are as those who strive with the priest. That is the priest of God. Okay? And you shall stumble in the day. Not true? So many problems, we don't know what to do. And every solution that comes up, we stumble at it. And a prophet shall stumble with, with you in the night, and I will destroy your mother. Okay? Now listen, verse 6. Here's why it all happens. They won't listen. Okay? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That is the knowledge of God. And even the knowledge of right and wrong and good and evil. See? Whatever perversion a person wants to think is now accepted that everybody else must accept it and think it is true. So God says, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest to me. That's what God wanted Israel to be, to take his word to all the nations of the world. And we didn't do it. Okay? And what we did take was not the way that God wanted it. Since you have forgotten the law of your God. Now, isn't that what we just read? I will also forget your children. Are our children forgotten today? Yes, indeed. They're all turned over to TikTok. And to all of the perverts. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. Isn't that happening? Right before our very eyes. They eat up the sin of my people and, and they set their heart on their iniquity and it has become like people, like priests. I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. Okay? So the punishment is going to come. Okay. Now, we'll see, he talks about a remnant. And he says, for they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredoms and shall not increase because they have stopped taking heed to the Lord. You know? That's everyone. And there are even problems within the churches of God. Now that's how bad it gets, okay? Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. That means you have no way to think. And these reports verify. Okay. My people seek advice from their wooden idols, and their rod declares to them, for the spirit of whoredoms has caused them to go astray, and they have gone whoring away from under their God. So God's going to punish them.
Now let's come to Isaiah, the first chapter. Let's see how God looks down here on the children of Israel. And here in America, we have more Israelites than of the all 12 tribes than any place else on the face of the earth, right? We also have a lot of Gentiles here that God sent to learn his way. But now, with the immigration problem coming in, as I covered last week, that is signaling the spiraling collapse of America. What are you going to do if there's another two more years like the last two and there are 10 million undocumented aliens in the land? As retribution for 65 million abortions. Okay? What's going to happen? Well... Let's see what God says. Isaiah 1. Let's pick it up here in verse 2. Now, when God uses this phrase, he means business. He always means business. But this means when you hear this, you better pay attention because God is going to make it happen. Okay? Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken, I have reared and brought up children, but they have rebelled against me. Then he says, you're not even like a, a dumb ox. Okay? The ox knows his owner, the donker his master's crib, but Israel does not know me. My people do not understand. And if you bring up anything about the Bible, well, you are an outcast. Okay, A sinful nation of people burdened with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord and have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They have gone away backward. Now, Israel has done this in cycles all the way down through its history. And remember, even when God brought them out of the land of Egypt and brought them to Sinai to make the covenant with them, what did they do? They sinned and rebelled in the presence of God, right? Yes. So God says, why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. All the government is sick. All of the religious leaders are sick. And they can't think. They don't understand. Okay? Perfect example was this week. Okay? How many of the Republicans who said, well, we know what to do, voted for this one point X trillion dollars of a spending bill. So my question to them is, what are you going to do when the dollar collapses? They'll say, oh, well, we have a plan. You know what that plan is? Digital money. Okay. 
When that comes, that's the last step before the mark of the beast. Okay? And we'll talk about that a little later. But here's what he says. Will you revolt more and more? The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the top of the head, there is no soundness in it, only wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been healed, nor bound up, nor soothed with ointment. Your country is a desolation. Your cities are burned with fire. And if you take 2020, when they were burning the cities was anything, wait till the revolt really happens. Wait until there are food shortages. Wait till the shelves in the, in the grocery stores are empty. Okay. Strangers devour your land right in your very presence, and it is wasted as overthrown by strangers. Okay. Now that's something. There's a little hope here. Not much, but a little hope. Verse 9. Except the Lord of hosts had left a very small remnant. And that small remnant consists of the churches of God. And how are we doing? See? Are we drawing close to God to love him, keep his commandments, understand his word, realize we're going to face some difficult times? It's not easy living in a nation that's going down. But America and Canada and New Zealand and Australia are going down. The UK will go down first. Okay? Because we've had the word of God, but rejected it, see? Small remnant. We would have been as Sodom and we would have become like Gomorrah. Okay. So then God says, if you repent, if you return, if you come back to God, I don't know how po that's possible. I don't know how many people are going to pay attention to what is told because they'll probably say, oh, well, we don't like that message that you gave because you were angry. Okay? I've had people tell me that. Okay? My answer to them is, if you can't endure what you think is my anger, which it's not, how are you going to endure the anger of God when it comes directly? Huh? What then are you going to do? All right? Let's come to Isaiah, the fifth chapter. Okay? Isaiah, the fifth chapter, shows how all of these things develop. Here God starts out and says that Israel and Judah were like his vineyard. And remember what Jesus did with the parable of the vineyard to the religious leaders of his day. And they knew he was talking about them. Okay. Verse 7. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed, 
for righteousness and behold, a cry of distress. Okay. Now there are seven woes in this chapter. And they sort of build one upon another. So let's read them. Verse 8. Woe to those who join house to house and lay field to field until there is no place left and you are made to dwell in the midst of the land. Verse 11, there's another woe. Woe to those who rise up early in the morning and go after strong drink, or we can put in their drugs today, and the drug problem is overwhelming. You watch on that G.O. to catch a smuggler. I saw that. Yesterday afternoon, here was this big trailer pulled by a, a big diesel truck coming from Mexico into America. And they knew something was wrong. So they had him pull it over and they started going through and looking for all the counterband that was hidden in that truck. Okay. So they unloaded everything else that was in there and they started looking at the floor of that huge trailer that they pull. Okay. 70 feet long. Okay. And they were ripping up the floor. And guess what they found in the floor? And it took them a couple of hours to get it all out. But there were long tubes of cocaine and fentanyl. Guess how much that one truck was trying to smuggle in? Okay. 877 pounds of drugs worth about $80 million. Now, I might not have the figures quite correct, but it's pretty close to that. Okay? What are those? Not just drinking, but drugs. Okay? Not just illegal drugs, but prescription drugs. See? Because everybody has abandoned God. They don't know what to do to find happiness. So Satan comes along and says, try this, you'll be happy. Won't work. Now, let's come over to the next woe. Verse 18. Woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin with cart rope. All movies and the movies on the video channels. They have so many movies and, and, and they're all evil and wretched, okay? And people sit there mesmerized by them and have no understanding what's going on or going in their minds. Who say, let him hurry and hasten his work so that we may see it and let the purpose of the Holy One of Israel draw near and come so that we may know it. You may not want that because it's going to be a lot of correction. 
Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And isn't that where we are? Yes, indeed. Who put darkness for light, that is Satanism and Satan's way, for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Okay, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And isn't that what we have today? Oh, you can't tell these professors anything. You can't tell any of these politicians. Listen, you better repent and get right with God. No, 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 no. You're just a heretic. You're nothing. Okay? Verse 22. Woe to those who are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to drink strong drink. That's drugs again. Who justify the wicked for a bribe. But isn't that true with the legal system in how many states? By the enemy George Soros. Now, do you think there would be anyone in America who would have enough of courage to take a U.S. Marshal over to George Soros's house with a warrant for his arrest for corrupting American judicial system with the judges that he bought and paid for and put in the various cities of America and bring him to trial and what would be the penalty for what he did. God would say, execute him. Okay. Now people are going to say, well, how dare you say that? Well, how dare he spend hundreds of millions of dollars to corrupt the judicial system in America and take God out of the judicial system, plus many others like him. That's just one. Okay. Verse 24, Therefore, as fire devours the stubble, and the flame burns up the chaff, their roots shall be like rottenness, and their blossoms shall go up like dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. See? That's what they do. Now, this is why it's so important for us, brethren, to really know God's word, to really stay firm with God, to learn to love God more with our heart, mind, and soul, and being. See? Because God is going to have to take care of all of that. Now, it's going to come down to a time, and we don't know how soon. But we can see the seeds already sown. They're going to come after us to kill us. See? It's going to be. It's going to happen. All right? Let's come to Jeremiah now. Jeremiah, the fifth chapter. Okay? In verse 7, Jeremiah 5 and verse 7, How shall I pardon you for this? Your children have forsaken me. How many young people are in the church today? Where are they? Okay. And have sworn by them that are not gods. When I fed them to the full, have we been fed to the full with everything that we have? Then they committed adultery and gathered themselves 
by croups in a harlot's house. They were like lusty, well-fed stallions in the morning, everyone neighing after his neighbor's wife. Shall I not punish for these things, says the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Come down here to verse 11. For the house of Israel and the house of Judah have dealt very deceitfully against me, says the Lord. Yes, they have. It's been terrible. See, Now, we don't know what... What's going to happen in the future, except as God's word tells us, that it's going to be mighty, mighty difficulty, and his hand of correction is going to come even more and more and more and more and more. See? Verse 12, they have lied against the Lord and said, it is not he, neither shall evil come upon us, nor shall we see sword or famine. What do we say today, even today? Oh, we're the greatest nation on earth. Ain't going to be much longer that that's going to be. And God we trust is in all of our money. Pretty soon, that's going to be gone. Okay. Verse 13. And the prophet shall become as wind, and the word is not in them, Thus it shall be done to them. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, because you have spoken this word, I will make my words in my mouth fire, and this people wood. It shall devour them. Lo, I will bring a nation upon you from afar, O house of Israel, says the Lord, a mighty nation, an ancient nation, a nations whose language you do not know nor understand what they say. So that is coming. All right? That's quite a thing. Now, let's come to Jeremiah 7. Let's hope there can be a change. Okay? Let's hope that there will be some people who will respond. But we don't know how it will be. So here, Jeremiah 7. Look at what Jeremiah was a priest. And he started out as, as a young adult, probably 18 years old. Okay? And he had a 40-year ministry. And look at all that he went through with what he was warning and teaching. Okay? God told him to go stand in the house of the Lord, verse 2, and proclaim there this word and say to them, Hear the word of the Lord, all Judah, who enter into these gates to worship the Lord. So we can say today, anyone who hears this message, listen to the word of God. Listen and repent and come to God. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doing. You got to change the way you're living. Got to change the way you're thinking, the way you're behaving. And I will cause you to dwell in this place. Okay? So there will be some mercy. But if not, 
He says, verse 4, Do not trust in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these, because they taught. It didn't matter what they did. As long as they came to the temple, they were all right. So it's the same way in America. doesn't matter what you do, because we are, are the greatest country on earth. And we have the greatest constitution of any country. Okay? It's not going to work. Okay? So God says this, If you will thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you will thoroughly execute judgment between man and his neighbor, if you will not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, nor walk after other gods to your hurt. Now, he says, if you do that, he'll cause you to dwell in the land. But let's see what's going to happen. Okay? Come to Ezekiel 22. Now, Ezekiel also was preaching at the same time. Let's pick it up in verse 23. First part of it talks about all the politicians. They're sort of mingling everything together according to their own plans, like you would mingle various metals and put them in the furnace and melt them together. Okay? Verse 23. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, Say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in her midst. That's what is happening. I've read this a number of times in various messages down through the years. Like a roaring lion tearing to prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasury, the precious things. They have made many widows in her midst. Her priest, okay? All of those who have the word of God. Now, that's amazing. You think about the priest at the temple. What did Jesus say of them? You are of your father, the devil, right there at the temple where the word of God was, in the scrolls, placed in the holy place. All right? And the king was to make a copy so that he wouldn't make, wouldn't exalt himself above the people. All there, so they could have the word of God. But no, there's a conspiracy. Like a roaring lion tearing to prey, they have devoured souls. They've taken treasures and precious things. They have made many widows. Her priests have done violence to my law and profaned my holy things. They put no difference between the holy and the profane, nor taught the difference between the unclean and clean. And the final thing, they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath. That's why it's important, brethren, we keep the Sabbath and the holy days. Do it the way that God wants. That's important, see? And as a result, he says, and I am profaned among them. Her rulers in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey to shed blood and destroy soul to get unjust gain. Isn't that true? 
Politicians go to Washington, D.C. to get rich, not to serve the people. And our prophets have covered themselves with whitewash, a fake pure. Seeing false visions and devising lies upon them, saying, Thus says the Lord God when the Lord is not spoken. Okay? How does this affect the people? Okay? So, we need to ask the question. Why would you die, O America? That's what's happening. We are dying step by step by step by step. And we have to live in the midst of it. So we've all got to stay strong with God and stay strong with his truth and stay strong in prayer, stay strong with one another, helping one another, loving one another, doing what the, the things that are right, see? But the people of the land, verse 29 have used oppression, committed robbery. They have troubled the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Okay? And I sought for a man among them who should build up a wall for the land and stand in the breach before me so that I should not destroy it, but I did not find one. Okay? And I don't even think that Donald Trump or Elon Musk can fill that bill. They might be able to do a little bit. But the nation has gone so far. And we don't know how far down more it can go, but it can. Okay? So that's where we are, brethren. So... We need to understand the days we're living in and how we need to stay right and close to God in everything that we do. So let's hope we can see a little reprieve somewhere down the line. But if not, we've got to stay strong in everything. So until next week, we'll say goodbye until then.